The Bucks improved to 8-0 since Chris Middleton has returned to the lineup and they start a West Coast road trip in style, really dismantling the Blazers. This was not a game that felt all that close from the outset. Brooke Lopez reached 15,000 points. Giannis was only required for 23 minutes. Damian Lillard was held in check as well. So overall, a pretty good night if you're a Bucks fan. Let's break down what happened. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Over at ESPN, alongside me, the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As the Bucks beat the Blazers 127 to 108, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. We thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day you can subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts or on youtube turn notifications on particularly on youtube and make sure you comment and like the video that's what helps us the most uh, and we've been having some pretty strong conversations in the youtube channel over the last week when it comes to trade deadline when it comes to Kyrie irving and what went down there so jump on youtube and get involved because it's a whole lot of fun uh, i tell you what else is a whole lot of fun frank and that's winning games of basketball and this bucks team continues to roll on and I, I said, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about this Bucks team and we were just like, gee, it would be nice to just have a four-quarter game where there's really just not a lot of stress. And ultimately, you've probably got the advanced numbers there, but this felt like, particularly the defensive end, a pretty comprehensive performance. And the Blazers have been on fire offensively with Damian Lillard as well. I don't know where you want to start. Maybe you want to start with Brooke Lopez. This was an aggressive offensive performance from him. He reaches 27 points, which leads the team. And went over 15,000 points, which is a lot of scoring in this league as well. And overall, just an interesting matchup for him, as I discussed with Damian Lillard and being put in those ball screen actions. But a pretty nice night for Brooke Lopez to play 32 minutes, hit a milestone, and lead the team in scoring. Yeah, it looked kind of like he was intending to just get the milestone out of the way yes. uh, as soon as possible. And Lisa and Marcus were sort of joking about it on the broadcast. But, um, you know, that's that's obviously one of the luxuries you have with this team. Giannis was, you know, kind of quiet, um, especially in the first half in the first quarter in particular, but you know, they really didn't need him to, uh, to kind of force the issue. And uh, you know, Drew kind of got going more as the game went on, but Brooke, I think it set the tone early. Um, you know, I thought, I think the only downside for Brooke was there were a, a couple moments sort of in the middle part of the game where Damian Lillard started to attack him, uh, in the high, high pick and roll, sort of to come at him with a head of steam and got to the rim a few times. Notably, the first few minutes, uh, Dame got to the rim a couple times and missed against uh, Brooke and didn't really seem like he had him measured fully. But, um, but yeah, Brooke. I mean, when Brooke Lopez outplays Damian Lillard, you're probably going to beat the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, and you know, Dame still got to whatever he got, 28 points, but uh, seven of 18 shooting, two of seven from three. One one of those being a like. 47 foot 
the uh or not 47 i guess that would be like but basically just inside half court um which i think was his game so uh i mean the guys never not confident but um you know drew holiday javon carter uh i thought they did a perfectly adequate job on dame in his 32 minutes and you know uh, looking at the stats i mean portland shoots nine out of 36 from three uh, i'd say the attempt number you're fine with the certainly the make number you're more than fine with they only had eight turnovers but only one offensive rebound i'm trying to remember the last time if i've ever noticed uh, the Bucks only allowing one offensive rebound. Um, that's that's very impressive. Uh, and again, I think we talked about they don't have a whole lot of size. Nurkic was out. Drew Eubanks. Drew Eubanks was fine, but um, you know you could tell that obviously they they struggled um, from three, and they really couldn't couldn't kind of compensate enough in doing other things um, tonight. And and yeah, just a you know a pretty pretty easy low drama victory for the Milwaukee Bucks. And these are the kind of wins that you start, you know, to to kind of have a long win streak, you kind of need to have some wins like this, right? Some of these games where you go on the road and not that the Blazers are world beaters or something like that, but you know, they're a solid team. We saw the stats tonight. They'd been the best offense in the league, I believe. Um, Was it since Dame came back in December? I mean, it's, Hmm. they've been a quite, quite good offense, quite excellent offense for quite some time. We saw uh, Anthony Simons have a few moments where he was just attack in attack mode. Didn't matter who was guarding him. Uh, but overall, you know, the Bucks I think just made, made life not so easy on Dame and, and the rest of the guys. And uh, they obviously did the job defensively. And when you do the job defensively, I think everything else is a little bit easier. And uh, the Bucks did, weren't shooting the lights out early, but three point shot shooting came around 16 out of 42 and uh, just overall balanced attack getting uh, Giannis in those limited minutes, foul trouble, 24 on 14 shots. We talked about Brooke with 27. Drew got up to 20, albeit on 20 shots. And, you know, just little things here and there. Pat Connaughton, Javon Carter each had 11. Chris Middleton, um, again, off the bench. Not getting to any big minute totals here quite yet for Chris, but uh, on a night like this, you really also didn't really need it. 22 minutes for Chris Middleton, which is interesting. Maybe we'll discuss uh, him a little bit more as it goes on. But, you, you mentioned the size, and I would say a pretty common complaint we get, or I see on Twitter, or whether it's on the YouTube, is you know, Brooke Lopez not being used enough offensively. But I don't know whether Lee, I mean, Lisa said that, and Marcus said that Lisa mentioned to Brooke that he was 20 points away from the 15,000. So I don't know whether we need to give Lisa the credit for this, but he definitely looked like a guy that was well aware that he had the size advantage because it wasn't even him just blazing away from three, which is what we see. Uh, at times, he was going to work and he had nine free throws, which I feel like would have to be relatively close to a season high as well. You don't see a lot of that uh, from him. But overall, one of his best uh, offensive games for the team uh, this season, for sure. Uh, we can continue to break this down. I'm, I'm going to mention our friends over at, at Prize Picks, though, first. And if you're not aware of what Prize Picks is up to, you can pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to twenty-five times your money on any entry. If you had the over for points today, I don't know what it was for Brook Lopez, but you would have been in pretty good shape, I dare say. There's no competing against other people; it's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers the projections on any sport you can think of. You can go on there and find whatever you need to find, and make your entry in less than sixty seconds. 
It's safe and fast to use and currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, they'll give you 100. Deposit 50, you'll get 50. Uh, you get the drill. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. Uh, Brooke Lopez, nine free throw attempts, does tie his high from this uh, the last two years. He has shot 10 free throws in a game a few times since coming to Milwaukee, but uh, you are correct. That is a, an abnormally high number for, for Brooke. So, um, yeah, big fella getting things done. And I thought, you know, obviously we always talk about Brooke as sort of the, the focal point, obviously with his drop defense. But I thought, you know, one of the really nice things about, you know, Wes Matthews effectively coming in and, you know, I mean, he's not like like for like with Bobby Portis, obviously, but uh, I would say in general, Wes has been sort of the big beneficiary in terms of minutes in Bobby's absence. And, uh, you know, we saw it from the first quarter on here. I mean, you just see a lot of lineups, especially when it's um, Wes out there with, with Drew in particular, but we saw it with him and Drew and, and Chris at various points, but just gives you so much flexibility when you're playing with these lineups of, of essentially four wings or three wings plus Drew Holiday. Drew's basically a wing defensively. Uh, the fact that, you know, teams just run these perimeter actions and you just switch them, right? Like there's really not, not it's not really like creating much dynamism in the half court when you're trying to attack the Bucks' wings and they can all kind of hold their own all switch. And, you know, there's not really an easy way to create an advantage there. So, Shout out to uh, to Wes playing in in his you know probably the the city where he had the most success in his career you know it's kind of kind of funny now like even the the version of Wes that we've had in Milwaukee obviously he's been a real contributor but you know I mean we saw the stats tonight he averaged 15 points a game through five or six seasons uh, in in Portland and obviously that that tenure ended with uh, with tearing his Achilles and you know arguably never the same guy after that but. Um, Tonight, nice to see him play 22 minutes, six points, hit a couple of threes, four rebounds. Um, and uh, again, just the fact that you've got him out there and we talk about him being able to guard like power wings, the the last the last possession defense he played on Kawhi on Thursday. But, you know, when he came in, he, he was defending Dame um, a fair bit, uh, especially when Drew was out of the game tonight. So. That's just kind of the luxury you have with with Wes um, is that you can put him on different types of players and um, you know certainly guarding one through three even to an extent guarding one through four he's a guy just just gives you a lot of flexibility from from a defensive matchup perspective and and obviously it's just very different if Bobby Portis is in there because Bobby has to defend mostly is used like a big man, even though he obviously has some limitations, especially as as a drop defender. But um, but yeah, that's one of the I'd say the interesting wrinkles that we've gotten to see a lot from the Bucks of late because they are running so many lineups where they're playing either Brooke or or Giannis with with four smaller players. It's been fascinating over the last week as we've done a couple of podcasts talking about Jay Crowder and then you know I've just been having conversations with a bunch of fans uh, in the YouTube comments about and, and look some some Bucks fans are really into the idea of Crowder some are just like why why do you need him. But the, probably the biggest argument I've had is they're like, well, it's the P.J. Tucker replacement. And to your point, 
I've been like, well, not really, because again, if as you pointed to, when you go back and look at PJ Tucker and you know, sometimes guarding Trey Young, sometimes guarding Devin Booker, it's not just the big guys. Uh, that's what PJ Tucker did. That's what made him versatile. Now, I'm not saying Wes Matthews is PJ Tucker, but in terms of actually mixing and matching guys that he can play on, he's a little bit more like the role that uh, PJ played. Now, certainly, if you even go back to six weeks ago when Wes wasn't playing at all, and we're asking the question, is he not playing because he doesn't have any juice left or are they resting him or what is happening? But he certainly uh, had a good patch here and as we should mention, well, trade deadline's only a few days away. So we'll see what happens there. I saw a tweet from Kevin Pelton tonight, Frank. <laughs> and I don't, know what he, I don't know if you saw it. And I don't know if you're going to laugh at this. I you're did. I was, I, was, I was shocked that Kevin Pelton, of all people, yes. would bother tweeting that. But I'm reading it out. Because what we want to do is get people excited. So he said the sample size is far less than meaningless, which I think, I'm not sure. Anyway. It's 50 uh, possessions. It's, it's not worth Kevin Pelton tweeting about. But again, I'll, you can finish that. Yes. So the small sample size, essentially. Put the Bucks with Giannis, Joe Ingles, Chris Middleton on court. 100th percentile in offense and 99th percentile in defense. So uh, obviously they haven't lost a game, I assume. Or maybe... For the most part, they haven't lost a game with those those three. They probably haven't, actually, because I don't know whether Joe was back when Chris first uh, returned there. So you don't even want to entertain this at all, the idea well, of, what, it, what, it, of what those lineups can do. Now, I'm no. not saying that the 50 possessions is something you need to entertain, but what do you, have you liked the, the small sample size of what you're able to see, whether it's offensively, creativity, defensively? You already spoke about the switch in and those types of things. Yeah. The, the really funny part is I, I actually... I, I looked at the the data that Kevin was was talking about. The irony of that, the the, the weirdest part, I, the first I was going to look at it and say like, okay, is this just you know teams have shot twenty percent from three in this fifty possession sample, and that's why it looks good defensively. It's actually the complete opposite. Opponents have shot fifty six percent from three against that lineup in those in those fifty possessions. Obviously, there's nothing to draw from that. It's just you know random luck. That means the Bucks would um, be the 120th percentile if the teams weren't shooting so well from three. But they're the Bucks are 100 percentile defending the rim. So you know, which again, it's like our Chris Middleton and Joe Ingles contributing to great rim defense. I'd say probably not, right? So there's probably some noise in there too. Um, but they've also shot 45 percent from three. Uh, the Bucks have in those minutes. So um, so yeah, I, I will not. Uh, I, I don't want to really read much much of anything into it i mean i think the interesting thing to me is that um and, and obviously a lot of this is is weighed down by chris's earlier uh tenure uh, kind of more more struggling uh piece of the season um but you know chris and Giannis together this year uh are only plus four together in almost 400 possessions so i'd say if you want to look at you know more robust samples of of lineup data um and then they were negative for a while there. I mean, interesting when when Chris had just come back, there was a while there where it was like they were 100 percentile offense and zero percentile defense. And again, it's like, is there a lot to read into that? Probably not, right? It's just largely a small sample, especially with Chris not being at 100 percent coming back from the injury yet. So, um, so yeah, hey, you know, um, I as you said, I, I I have liked these lineups where Giannis is playing at center or. Um, obviously always like Giannis and Brooke together. Uh, but I think the forcing mechanism of Bobby being out, forcing the Bucks to play a little bit differently. I think these are looks that I fully expect they're going to have to utilize hopefully during 
we what we all hope will be a, a long playoff run and just having that type of versatility. So getting to kind of flex some of those muscles, uh, I think is is generally a positive thing. Yeah, and I think the big question, and we see this a lot as well, is like who are, who is the Bucks closing lineup? I think the the cool thing is that there's a couple of different options. The big question that we'll probably need to see, and it'll be interesting. The Bucks obviously play. The Clippers again, although we're not sure who's going to be playing in that game. They play Boston next week where hopefully everyone's healthy and we get a good look at it. But one of the big questions is, is Joe Ingles someone that you put in the closing lineup defensively? Is he a guy that that is, is you know, up to the task in the playoffs of being one of the closing lineup guys? Because if he is defensively, then I think you like uh, the offensive stuff he can do. But I think there's options there. And again, they might make an addition at the trade deadline. Uh, do we think Marjan Bochamp's purely and simply just played tonight because he had hundreds of family members in the crowd? Yes. Yes. I mean, Jason Kidd used to do this too. Bud does it. Like, they... And I, don't, I don't mean... And, and I mentioned both of them because I, I don't think it's a... Like, a, a very unique thing to do. But it is sort of funny that even at the NBA level, you know, when a guy goes to his hometown or when a guy's playing against his old team, it seems like coaches will are much more likely to play these sort of fringe rotation guys who might otherwise be on the outskirts of the rotation. So yeah, the fact that we saw Marjan in the first half uh, was definitely like, Hmm, interesting. Uh, and thankfully with the game being out of hand, you know, there was uh, a lot of ample opportunity to, to give him some run in, uh, in the fourth quarter in particular. And, you know, he got to see him hit a three and a nice little uh, baseline pull up. So he, he knew his people were there. He was he was getting some shots up. Uh, uh, so it was uh, it was cool to see. They they interviewed his dad, whose name is Mark, which or, uh, or no, whose name is John. Sorry, and he uh, informed us for those who who weren't able to watch the the box <laughs> broadcast that Marjan's name is a basically a combination of his dad's name, which is John Mark, and essentially they dropped the uh, C or I don't know if it's a K or C. Uh, from his middle name and uh, took that and said, all right, Mar, put it in front of John. And that's how he became Mar John. So he's sort of named after his dad, but he's not. And it looked like he was literally sitting right next to the bench. So it sounds like he, I can only assume, I mean, I would like to sit next to Thanasis for a game and just <laughs> look like they were talking. I don't know what they were talking about, but it would be, it would be great stuff. So I'm sure he had a pretty enjoyable night. Uh, I've got a trade question for you, though, based on something that you just said. So I'm going to ask you this trade question after we talk about Bilt Bar, the best tasting bar ever been made. And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Bilt Bar. You might be asking, what makes Bilt Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almonds. I'm not really sure how they do it, but they are able to make Built Bar healthy for you. I, I don't get it because they taste that good. 130 calories, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, but a very generous 17 grams of protein. And the great news is you can go to Built.com and get your order, but you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to wait around. You want the instant gratification when you order a Built Bar. We all understand it. So you just go to Sam's Club or Walmart, pick yourself up a 13-bar box. You can also pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puffs. But to me, that is uh, four bars. That's You're going to be back there tomorrow. So uh, I would suggest the 13-bar box. So check it out at Walmart or Sam's Club. That's Built Bar. Uh, we love it. Or, or go to built.com. All right, Frank, there was two guys 
that got a DMP tonight. And you're telling me that Jordan Walker getting a DMP tonight has nothing to do with the trade deadline with George Hill and Serge Barker. You're telling me that package not getting minutes is completely inconsequential. <laughs> yeah, because you know any any team acquiring Jordan War in a package is is really worried about his health, right? Like they they well, desperately want to make sure he's healthy. And if you got an a, if you got an ankle injury or something tonight, there's no way that they would be able to trade him by Thursday. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting question. If uh, if this had not been uh, you know close to Marjan's uh, hometown, <laughs> would uh, would Jordan War have played? Um, we don't know. There will not be another game prior to the trade deadline, so we may never get uh, an answer to to that question. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I would say there's definitely um, some guys on the roster that I am not worried about getting traded, uh, and uh, no spite to, to Jordan or anything. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm fully on board with using him to acquire some other type of player that could potentially be of more value. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, was not expecting to have a Jordan war conversation, Kane, but you just, you're such a, you're just always the king of the Jordan war fan club, I guess, huh? Well, you just got to think on your feet. And when you just uh, peruse the box score and you see something that really is just uh, very suspicious, you got to ask the question. Uh, so that's what I did there. Uh, trade deadline Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, I believe. So I'll be up early on Friday morning. If anything happens, that's why you got to subscribe to Locked On Bucks. We'll have a podcast reaction. It's been pretty quiet, but the Kyrie trade did uh, or was made official today, which might be the start of some further dominoes. So it's going to be fascinating. Uh, Bucks and the Lakers coming up next. That's also on Thursday. I- I'm curious. You think LeBron... <laughs> Yeah, he's a very calculating man. He needs 36 points. You think he's getting them against the Thunder? Is it in OKC or is that home? No, it's LA and they, they flipped it okay. to national TV. So still plenty of okay. eyes. Um, I mean, if I'm LeBron, I, I feel like you probably would want to just like get it over with as soon as possible, right? So, um, you know, and, and the Thunder are good enough that, you know, it's not like you're going to, I don't, I don't expect the Lakers are just going to like win in a blowout. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. I, I would probably say maybe he's a little more likely than not to just get it out of the way um, against the thunder and, and kind of not, you know, not uh, extend the drama at all, but uh, certainly, I mean, he, he doesn't average 36 points a game. So there's obviously a very good chance that, that that may come uh, early on Thursday in the bucks game. Uh, so so I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I don't particularly care that much if if the record gets set against the Bucks or not. Obviously, just given where he's at, it's not like it would. At this point, you would not expect it to come. You know, during a fourth quarter or some some key moment in the game or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's remarkable. I mean, he's gonna inevitably get to forty thousand points, which is just crazy that uh, that that he can get that far. Um, so, I don't know. It's going to be hard for Brooke Lopez to catch him, I guess. I did think about that tonight when they were talking about <laughs> Brooke on 15,000 points, just thinking that he could double that and still be about 10K short <laughs> of what LeBron. I mean, it, it is it is just truly amazing. Uh, I just quickly looked up some of the numbers. So, over this eight-game winning streak. And again, and again, it's not like they've played absolute contenders, but 
Top 10 offense, Frank, 118.1 offensive Ooh. rating. And third ranked defense, 106.7. And the number one net rating, and this is actually noteworthy because you've brought it up a few times. It's just been fascinating that the Bucks point differential, and part of it is because the offense hasn't been great. But it, it hasn't been up around, you go back a couple of years ago, and they were constantly around that 10 plus net rating. But over the last eight games, net rating of 11.4 best in the NBA. So, yeah, we've had some comfortable wins. They're now 20 games over 500, which kind of snuck up quickly. They're only a game behind the Celtics. So they're right in the mix. If you had asked me two weeks ago if I thought that the Bucks were going to be in the mix again for the number one seed before All-Star break, I would have said no. So season-long winning streak is nine. Uh, this has been nice. This has been nice to, to rattle off some wins. And it might be a little bit challenging here with this back-to-back in with the two LA teams, depending on how they, how they manage the bodies. But... They're back in the mix, and hey, I didn't think they're going to get the number one seed. I still maybe think that they might not, but if it's right there, you would take it in a potential series with the Boston Celtics. So, not too much to complain about at the moment, Frank. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as like the the um, the point differential, um, you know, the first two but years under Bud were kind of all time elite level point yeah, differentials. Yeah. You know, getting into the not not quite I don't think they were they weren't quite at ten points per one hundred better, but but getting closer to those marks and then kind of dropping more towards like the five, six points per one hundred um positive marks the last couple of years. And then this year, you know, I think they're right around three or so. Um and you look at the numbers and this has been the year where they've most outperformed their point differential. They're five and zero in three point games. Uh, interestingly, they, I was looking at the clutch stats. I was like, so are their clutch stats like really good this year? Because, you know, they've won these close games. They're actually not the other day. They had a negative point differential in quote unquote clutch time, which is, you know, I think, what is it within, is it four or five points or something in the last five minutes? Um, which is just kind of interesting, right? Like the, the fact that you can outperform your point differential without, you know, statistically looking like a good clutch team is is very interesting to me. I think last year they were very good in the clutch in terms of that that those metrics. Um, but you know, you look at the ten point game, like games decided by ten points or more. They're seventeen and ten. It's not wildly different from. I mean, Boston's twenty one and eight. The Sixers are seventeen and eight. So both those teams are are better than them. And then the Cavs are twenty four and eight. So the Cavs have won a lot of blowouts. And but you know can again, kind of juice those, the, the point differential numbers. So, um, so it's interesting, but the flip side is, I mean, I think one of the, we've talked a little bit about this stat all year, but you know, the bucks being 20 and 10 against 500 or better teams, Boston is 20 and nine. But other than that, I mean, those are the, the, the two best teams in the league in terms of winning percentage against 500 teams and above. Um, they, they were for a while, like, notably worse against below 500 teams than they were against above 500 teams. Now they're 17 and seven. Um, and again, a lot of this is kind of, it, it bounces around daily just because you've got so many teams close to 500. So, you know, like teams go bounce above and below that number pretty regularly. Might've lost him, but, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been interesting in that regard. Cause I think, especially when the bucks were great, I mean, they, they made it, is that that they just beat the crap out of out of a road of really bad teams, um, and this this year obviously there are there are. All right, his internet has not lasted. I shouldn't have asked that final question. Uh, make sure you check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give you a 
nightly recap of what's gone on around the rest of the NBA. We'll be back tomorrow. And then we're going to lead into the trade deadline, lead into the game against the Lakers. So make sure you keep your eye on the Locked On Podcast Network, particularly the Locked On Bucks feed. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. We really appreciate it. Turn notifications on because we might have a busy week. And if there's any news, you know you can find it with Locked On Bucks. The Bucks beat the Blazers. They're 20 games over 500. They've won eight in a row since Chris Middleton came back. So it's happy days if you're a Bucks fan. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Catch it.